Hi, I'm Harriet Small. Welcome to Have You Got Five Minutes? PR comms and marketing podcast answering the things you'd normally have asked someone really quickly about at an event or while making a brew in the office. Hi, Harriet. How are you? Hello. I'm good. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. So this week, we're going to start off by talking about why we're over pretending to love networking online a little bit, aren't we? I think the past year, we've just kind of made do with the situation. But I think now that lockdown's lifting, I personally have just got <laughs> less tolerance for doing more online chat and forced fun. I struggle when it's a group. Because the thing is, is when you're out, out, I sound like um, Mickey Flanagan now, when you're out, out. You can go off in the corner and speak to one person and just have like a really nice conversation with them if you find like the group thing is a bit too much. But when you're online, you're all online. And I think sometimes certain people dominate the conversation. And then also there's certain things that people do that I've got no clue about some of these social things like murder mystery I've never done it before and then also the industry ones are also really tricky because I kind of get to that point where you've talked about the industry the work thing and then it's gone into another conversation and you're like well I don't know if I really want to chat about this and then you're just sitting there looking at people yeah what's the online equivalent to just looking over someone's shoulder and pretending you know someone you're right it's harder in a group I was talking to someone about the kind of social side of networking online is really difficult because the conversation obviously isn't going to be the same one person has to drive it so like leaving dues or kind of social events just aren't the same it's harder to have like the little anecdotal conversations and the other thing I think is really difficult as well is when you're chatting sometimes there'd be like a warm-up chat it's got to the point where it's a lot more transactional and I just don't think you get the same understanding of what that other person does. I think the other thing as well is that sometimes is that the good thing about doing stuff face to face or even in smaller groups is that you feel safe having a certain conversation. You have to tell the other 35 people on the screen and you start to feel really, really intimidated. I moderated a clubhouse room, which was all about marketing to over 50s. After the clubhouse room had ended, I just were carried on with my working day as normal because it's like a breakfast session. And then I got a DM from somebody saying, um, we should jump in a room. I've got feedback for you about the room you moderated and the rest of it. And I sat with that anxiety for so long because I was freaked out that I'd done something wrong or said something or I was maybe rubbish at articulating my points. I don't know. But I sat with that anxiety for like four or five days and the person didn't come back to me. And eventually I just said to them, you know, I don't know what it is you wanted to sort of talk to me about or say to me, but maybe I think it's you need to think about your delivery. Whereas if that was in a open forum face to face they would have just come to me spoken to me about it and then it would have been done but because we're in this sort of like everything's virtual everything's online they've now messaged me this message I've sat with that anxiety and it's also knocked my confidence in other things all I was doing was networking online and having a conversation in a forum and I guess it also creates other issues yeah online can be a strange place as a woman in particular with some of the messages you get right so LinkedIn is not a dating site and should not be used as such. And there are many people that have shared horror stories. I'm not going to share one of those today. But there was someone that was trying to connect. They'd kind of followed me uh, and then they'd kind of sent a couple of like messages, but quite like nice professional ones about um, connecting. And then I got a message today saying, I think you should join my business networking group. I've got this group. It's amazing. It's going to change your business and your life, which I think is 
quite a big claim. And and to kick that off, we need to have a coffee over Zoom for like two hours. And I was like, oh, I just could think of nothing I want to do less. There's just no preamble. I feel like they're selling something to me. There's kind of offers where you think it's like a sales pitch and it's hard to navigate, you know, like what they are about. I think at events, you know when you're getting their sales pitch from someone. Whereas online, it's almost like that person was probably trying to sell something to you I've got some feedback for you and I know that some of the platforms that we use now to do conferences online and stuff have those networking rooms I was at a conference last year everyone in the networking bit who was doing the sort of speed networking were all selling something eventually I just didn't want to even go on it even though I could have met other great people in PR and comms and, and, and spoken to them about some of the challenges that we have and I know the position that they're in between a rock and a hard place but then at the same time is then we don't use those features because then we're scared that what if I get matched to somebody who's trying to sell me a platform we thought we'd talk about why it is that you're wired to love what you create it kind of comes from a podcast that I was listening to called Nudge by Phil Agnew and it's all about like the Ikea effect and it talked about some really interesting examples like the Betty Crocker cake mix originally a powdered mix with everything in and you just added water and it kind of bombed because you didn't have to do much they added an egg and people liked it more because of the experience of making it and I just thought it was really interesting because it made me think of like a comms perspective like when we involve people in a project or a campaign or whatever it is those people are so much more ambassadors for whatever it is we're doing rather than marketing comms being positioned as being like done to them oh i really like this because as an internal comms person i i want to involve everyone in the internal comms i think sometimes you've got to have like advocates for comms one of the things i've been thinking about quite a lot is overexposure of certain leaders in organizations a lot of times people overexpose the chief exec and the top leadership in communication and use them too much and they don't get buy-in from other leaders to be able to carry their messages and those messages to filter down and I think when those other sort of layers of the leadership have been involved and they know the message and they're able to carry and they're able to answer questions they also fall in love with the process they fall in love with what comms is when employees and managers are involved in comms especially in internal comms they really do get excited about it they really do like it they like seeing themselves on campaigns they like being part of things like awards I remember when I was at Sky you know we had this hashtag life at Sky and it was on LinkedIn and it's really big on Instagram as well people just used to take pictures of of their life while working for Sky and it was absolutely phenomenal you know people just loved seeing their pictures on there they loved being involved there were just so many amazing moments but those were all led by the employees they were sharing what it meant to work there and you could just see that they had this real passion and desire to get involved with the employer brand but I just think from a creative process as well I think it's really interesting you look at brands like Ikea you look at all the cooking brands now where basically you're buying a recipe and and some ingredients or even just like the recipe and some like spices and then adding ingredients it's a really interesting one how they've marketed that because people are actually they feel like they're doing it all themselves and they're getting involved in the product I just think from a bigger perspective as a brand like how you involve your customers and your clients is like whether it's personalization or kind of having a voice in the company I think getting insight and getting consumers involved is so important I think brands that do it really really do succeed I think some brands are quite scared actually of of maybe bringing their consumers in front I think maybe they have some anxiety about if we do involve them um, will there be backlash maybe we'll get the wrong kind of consumer it is a good thing to really involve your consumers you know share what 
they do, like their content, engage with them. I know we've talked about proper corn on here before, but they do that quite well. If you think about TikTok and Reels at the moment, you've got people doing things, um, staff doing things in supermarkets. And it's really cool. And some brands and some organisations are really strict about it. And other brands are really, really flexible and they just let them get on with it. And what's really interesting, actually, when you mentioned the food boxes, so I was in a room with the founder of HelloFresh on Clubhouse and he was saying that originally when they created HelloFresh, they created it for single New Yorkers who have money, but they weren't cooking it because they were so busy. They were just ordering out or not eating at home. And then they had to change it because there was a lot of food waste. Then they cancelled the subscription. When you've put in the effort to do something, you're more inclined to sort of value it as a consumer. Some people say if something's free, will someone value it? You know, we know that that whole, like you said we did, works really well. I definitely think from an audience perspective, like why wouldn't you want to hear the good and the bad? Because if you're only listening to the good, then you're, you know, you're, you're the Betty Crocker. You're not putting the egg on like something that was just so simple that changed the whole like product. The piece of comms that we write, we labour over it. You know, we've spent so much time, so much energy creating it. And if someone says, I didn't understand that, or they don't watch our videos we're devastated we're like hurt it comes out to the episode that we did around creative control but sometimes you've got to think about who is this for this is actually for them it's not for me part of communications is actually listening so when you listen you improve i think generally with campaigns i think you know it's all about having a behavior framework like we have basis on what people have told us and it's informed and we think that we've tested these ideas and then you're going to see how it goes now with any campaign you have to be a bit agile because often even even down to what people say and what they do can be different. Even something that fails is giving you an answer. I'll share a campaign I did, oh, this is going back three years now, I did a campaign for IT and it was to get people to sign up for um, a password reset thing. And I created this character. It was a nice lolly. So I had it for two weeks. And then in the third week, I thought, right, I can put like a superhero and the superhero bombed. Everyone wanted the ice lolly. So we get the ice lolly. The ice lolly went on this journey. He even became part of the England football team. He eventually went off to an island and then came back for Christmas to remind people to reset their passwords. It worked. Creating a consistent character for this campaign actually worked. And, and I think sometimes we're so scared of trying new things. Yeah, superheroes are great, but a nice lolly can do the trick. Thanks for joining us and everything we've mentioned today will be in the show notes. We're here to answer the questions you need answers to and talk about the PR, communications and marketing topics you care about because we've got five minutes. You can DM us or contact Harriet at commsoveracoffee.com and Rebecca at threadandfable.com. If you're enjoying the podcast, please do rate, review and subscribe so others can find us. Find us on Twitter at Rebecca7Roberts and at Harriet Smallies.